BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello again, it is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network, taking you into the garage and talking to the folks that make the race cars go around the racetrack. So glad you've joined us. Steve Post, Pit Road Reporter, joined by 25-time and championship-winning crew chief Todd Gordon. Hello, Todd. How are you? I'm great. Fantastic. Came off a weekend. We got to see Bristol with no dirt on it. Bristol with no dirt, and we're going to see Bristol with no dirt on it for a while now. Looking forward to that. Yes, exactly. I, I, I love the place. I think it's a great racetrack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, love the opportunity to go there in the spring, too, and, and have the same thing. The dirt thing was kind of cool. Yeah. But we can put dirt on a lot of other racetracks. Let's yeah. not cover up one of the I, best ones we got. I like the dirt idea um i still think we need to talk to tony stewart up at eldora just yeah. go to a dirt track but anyhow that's uh that's another that's uh that's, that, that's another topic for another that's day. a great discussion for us to have some december cold morning uh when we're uh, when we're not in the middle of the playoffs maybe when you got wing nation on when we got when we can do wing nation too exactly so good stuff hey before we do anything here i, I want to i just want to because we'll get into bristol here a little bit but uh, one thing we, we, we ask you to do is like, subscribe, and share if you like what we're doing here on Crew Call. Um, I sometimes mention that at the end and, and fail to do it. But if you like what we're doing here on Crew Call, spread the gospel a little bit. That's how podcasts and these type programs on YouTube are rolling. And, of course, we're on MRN as well. So if you like it, share it. Spread the gospel just a little bit. And uh, we'd appreciate that. Speaking of liking things, uh, Denny Hamlin and Chris Gabehart, they had to like what the result was up at uh, Bristol on Saturday night. Yeah, they've been the best car the, the whole first round. Right. They were the best car at Darlington. Yep. You know, they had the wheel issue and, and had, didn't recover from that. Thought they were the best car at Kansas. Yep. Denny fell asleep on the last restart. Right. Tyler got a great one. Um, but they executed their way through this and, and still had a speeding penalty. Uh, lap 70, um, trying to be aggressive. Denny racing Kyle Larson's guts out around the corner, trying to keep him and make him check up. And he did. Um, got a speeding penalty, but recovered from it. Thought it called a good race. Uh, Two tire call, got him a little bit, staying out. Uh, didn't see the lap time fall off. You know, tires weren't that big a deal yeah. at, at Bristol. We saw more guys on the stay-out plan, and, and that worked out for some and not for others. Well, we'll see what happens. So Denny obviously moves on. Gotta love the confidence Denny has with the fans. Yes. I, I just... Yeah. He's good for the sport. He's really good for us. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. Gives us a lot to talk about. That line... That line, and it's, and it's delivered by Denny, totally different than what I'm getting ready to reference. I did a lot of shows on Sirius with Buddy Baker for years. Yep. You know, and Buddy, of course, his father, Buck, is hard-nosed, hardcore racer. Buddy climbs the ladder. Buddy finally gets that first win. Buddy's conversation is not done in the grandstands, in, in front of the grandstands. It's just hanging out at the coffee shop or the yep. race shop or whatever it is. And someone said, Buddy, congratulations on that win. Who'd you beat? And he said, I beat every one of them. And I love Buddy delivered his in a probably more humble way, although Buddy certainly had an air about him and, and he was certainly confident in what he did. Uh, Denny's was delivered in a total different form, total different location. And uh, yeah, it gives us all a lot to talk about and a lot of people, a lot of things, a lot of emotion, that's for sure. He's getting a lot of noise. Yes. He's getting a lot of noise. 
very little of its applause. No, exactly. That's all right. As yeah. long as we're making noise, you're in a good spot. I think uh, I love the way he embraced it and took him on. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just the, I beat your favorite driver. Right. Which one? All of them. All of them. Every, I just. Yep. Every darn one of them. I, yeah. For our side, I yeah. think it's great. I think it for really the sport, is. it's, you know, the rivalry stuff and all yeah. that. It's, I think it's you need really to have good. That. I think, yeah. He's in a good spot. I mean, I feel like they, he and Chris Gapart have to. You, I had him in my final four. Mm-hmm. I, I had Martin winning it. They're in the hunt. Yep. I see where it all plays out. Yep. A um, couple other good runs. Larson, Cliff Daniels. This is not a, they just keep knocking it out. They just seem very solid. Uh, good to see Christopher Bell and Adam Stevens get a good result. Uh, won the pole again. Uh, this time they at least could see the first spot when they got to the finish of the race. Yeah. Yeah. They, they finally put the race all, all together and, uh, uh, move themselves forward. We'll see where that goes. I I, I picked these guys preseasons to be my champion because yeah. I felt like last year the moxie they had, the the, the walk off wins to win their way through yeah, the rounds, like uh, did it twice. Um, we'll see where this all goes uh, here. Interesting to me, and I was a, a, kind of a novice. I don't have all the details to it, but we swapped pit crews. Yeah, and a pit crew on, that's now on the fifty four car kicked butt again. Like. Like the 50, the car, the right. crew that's on the 54 has done really well. Yeah. No matter who it is. I, when they swap crews, it was like they swap crews, but the performance stayed with the car number. Yeah. And yeah. They, they're working through it on the 20 car. But, um, you know, kudos to those guys after kind of getting shuffled back. They've, uh, they've been really strong in that 54 car. They really have. Yeah, absolutely. Ty Gibbs led a bunch of laps on there. So when we look at the eliminated four drivers, um, I kind of have two categories of the eliminated four. Go, but go ahead. Your, your yeah, thoughts. no, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm my, my two categories are the, the champs Joey Logano, Paul Wolf, Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers. Yeah. They've just not been good most of the year. Not yeah. champion, championship contending good for the whole year. No, I, I agree. And especially, and I, 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 I like him a ton, I, I respect him a ton. Rodney and Kevin, just they've been off since the next gen car came out. Yeah. They got a couple wins last year, but really haven't. Stuart Haas hasn't ever figured this car out, I don't feel like. Yeah. They went from the best Ford program, or arguably the best, mm-hmm. yeah. to really the third or fourth best now. I, yeah. almost, I almost think Front Row's in a better position than they are. And that's, yeah. I'm sure that's eating at Rodney. And yeah. it's, it's been tough. But, and I want to go to that. I mean, I didn't feel like Michael McDowell and, and, and the 34 car had a shot because I, I, and I, I think yeah. I said on this program, there's too many pit stops at Bristol. They don't have an elite pit crew. Their pit crew, they were elite. Yeah. They had nothing but 10 second stops for four tires. And that's, by the numbers I look at, like nine nines and nine eights are exceptional. Right. They're, they're extraordinary. I mean, mm-hmm. people fudge numbers different ways, but they were like 10 0, 10 7, 10 2. They were, they put together a day and Michael didn't run outside the top seven all day. No, they put together a heck of a run and just, just a little short. And they, they, they put themselves in a big hole, but yeah. And Paul and you, you can't be, you can't be behind and then get in an accident. Right. I mean, if he doesn't get any accident, they probably transfer through and, and then Bubba doesn't, but got caught up yep. being in the back. You get caught up in yep. other people's stuff. Yep. And then, and then Ricky uh, Stenhouse Jr., Mike Kelly, great, great run. And, uh, you know, I, I look at, like I said, I look at the champs, um, Joey and Kevin. Um, I'm not sure what direction. They need to find speed with both of those cars. I, I look at Ricky and Michael McDowell, uh, Ricky Stenhouse, Michael McDowell. What a season. 
and we still have some racing left. It's going to be fascinating to see where these teams go. Um, I, I had McDowell. Uh, I had McDowell like you look at the Roval or Talladega, but I'm not even sure you might start looking at him. He's ran ovals awful good this year as well. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where it all yeah, goes. Good stuff, that's for sure. One driver and team that are moving on is Tyler Reddick and his crew chief, Billy Scott. When we come back, Billy Scott, he joins us as our guest here on Crew Call. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. Let's go right to the hotline. Joining us from up at 2311 Racing, Billy Scott is in the house. Hello, Billy. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. Billy, when you look at yourself, Tyler Reddick, the good news is on to the next round, round of 12 on to the next round. Um, kind of assess where you guys are at after the first round in that survival mode. Yeah, yeah that uh, first round is, like you said, uh, very much all about surviving. Um, certainly nice to get the win in there and to not have as much stress this past weekend at Bristol as some others did. And uh, just to be on the safe side of that, and good to have the extra bonus points as we move forward. Um, but certainly, that's what the first round is. Just survive, don't make mistakes, execute well. I feel like we did that uh, all three races, even aside from the win. Um, but yeah, now it gets tougher. Um, each round increasingly difficult, and, and this next one's got some, uh, some challenging tracks in there that, that things can be uh, out of your hands, at, so to speak, in, in some cases. So looking forward to it. So, so how, let's, let's just talk about the round of 12. I mean, how do you approach this round? To me, to me it, it always seemed like the most stressful round because you've got Talladega, you've got the Roval, uh, you've got Texas to kick it off. How do you focus on this one and what do you, what do you, what do you look for in, in trying to set up for it? Right. Yeah, I agree 100% that this probably is the most stressful um, because it's, uh, anybody can be knocked out. Um, so first off, going to Texas, you know, intermediates have been our strong suit coming off the Kansas win. So our big focus is to go there and win. Um, obviously, whoever leaves there with the win is, is going to be in re- really good shape. A couple of weeks there of, of uh, low stress um, would be nice and start to get focused on, on the third round. But, um, yeah, when you go to Talladega, that's a challenge. Obviously, where you leave Texas, I think, dictates a little bit of where you run the risk when we get to that point, um, whether you need to feel like you need to be up there racing for stage points. But honestly, it's so tough at speedways anymore. There's no safe place to be. I don't think you can mm-hmm. take the approach that we used to of just ride around in the back and, and wait for the end, wait for the big wreck. Uh, you got to be up there all day. The guys that win have generally been up front most of the time. Um, and the stage points are so valuable that it's hard to give them up now. So, so let, me, let me back this up to Texas. You talked about needing to win at Texas. Your driver won the Texas race last year. How does, uh, how does, how does that kind of integrate with, with your preparation? Uh, what can he bring forward of what he felt and how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's been a big part of it for, for sure. Uh, him knowing what he had in the car, what he felt to be able to pull that off because 
it wasn't a clean race for him. Uh, he talks about the struggles, and I kind of forgot watching how many things he had go wrong in that race. Um, and was still able to pull off the win. So, yeah, what he's looking for in the car, what he had last year that enabled him to do that is a big part of our prep work this week. Um, definitely spending you know, time on simulators and doing the normal stuff. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, heavily relies on them. So having that, that history with him, the, the confidence that he'll have going in there, you know, with winning last year and having been a, a year since we've raced there, um, that's, that's a big part of it. So, Again, you know, mile and a half has been a strong suit for Toyota, so we're just hoping to uh, just keep that up. You you talk about the mile and a half being a strong suit. What are some of the unique characteristics that you face at Texas that 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 you maybe didn't face at Kansas or any of the mile and a half tracks? What what makes Texas so unique? Yeah, just the two ends being so different. Um, you know, and, and in the past we've had the the treatment on the track too. That uh, I'm sure there's going to be some residue left there, but they are uh, not spraying it like they have in the past, you know, going into the weekend. So, you know, the, the good thing is there was a test there. They had a the tire test and a wheel force test. So got a lot of data to pull from there within our camp, even though we didn't go ourselves. So, you know, that's, that's going to be a huge resource. And yeah, it's just a trade-off there of the two ends and, uh, and trying to manage it without the spray because it might change the way that track races and, uh, and the ability to pass is, might be even more difficult. So, so uh, help me out with this because I've not been there as a crew chief for a while. It seemed like when they first repaved the place, you'd be wide open from exit of turn two to entry of turn one. Like you, you could get to that point. And then the spray in, in three and four actually kind of prolonged that. Do you, do you feel like you're right. lifting both ends at this point and, and especially back in dirty air? Yeah, I think that's the important part is back in dirty air. So if you're uh, if you're out front, there's going to probably be a handful of laps that you can run wide open, and you like you alluded to it. You it's when you're wide open for seven eighths of the track, that momentum you carry off of turn two is a huge deal because it carries you all the way back around to turn one entry. So you've got to be able to go wide open through three and four, and have the confidence because it is such a borderline event. It's it's right there at it. But you still have to get through one and two to get the runoff turn two to make that all pay off. So it's a, it's a challenging trade-off, no doubt. And uh, if you are stuck in traffic, that is when it becomes an even bigger challenge. So um, that's, uh, qualifying on Saturday this week is going to be a, a, a huge part of having success there for sure. When you, when you look at 2311, a little bit bigger picture on this, what I've noticed, and, and really the one that kind of jumps out to me is RFK, where you see the 17, you see the 6. You know, I mean, if they're 7th, if one of them's 7th, the other one's 8th. If one of them's 14th, the other one's 15th. If one of them's 3rd, the other one's 2nd, you know. Um, yep. you, guys, you guys seem to be getting awful close to that as well. Um, how is that going, the dynamic between the two teams and the strengths of the two teams feeding off from each other? For sure. That's, uh, that's the case with them and is what our intent is. So here it's been different since we came in, you know, when we, when they, everybody was brought on board to form the second team to go with Bubba, there was a lot of conversation about how that relationship was going to work, how we would interact, how we would structure the team, um, how the engineering department would operate. And we literally operate as one team here. Mm -hmm. So all of the prep work that goes on during the week, um, it involves both booty and myself, but our race engineer group, operates like you would typically think of a single car team everybody's in the same conversation they're in the same room when everybody's got their their particular role they play 
in say three or four days leading up to the race to where when we're at the simulator, it may not necessarily be our primary engineer with Tyler sitting there or the 23's primary engineer with Bubba. It's we all interact as one group and all of our setup evolution um, and choices from aero side to the car builds, everything is done as one and every car gets put together the same. And there are slight variations when we get to the track once in a while, but honestly, we have stayed really close together on setups. It really helps our communication and the ability to feed off each other when we have this group A, group B practice and qualifying sessions. And uh, it's just, we found a lot of success with it. And like you said, we do often run really close to each other uh, at the racetrack. And really, it enables us to use, I think, less resources to, um, to get the same outcome. Yeah. Uh, interesting, interesting piece. Uh, first time either one of your drivers is in the round of 12 um, going forward. You know, Tyler, Tyler talked a little bit about that and Bubba there. Does that amplify the stress or does that relieve it some? Uh, I'd say right now it hasn't been a conversation piece, so I don't know that it really changes it. Um, certainly nice to have them both there. I think they're both excited about it. Tyler stressed about Bristol for a long time because I think he's been knocked out by two or three points a couple of years running. So you know, he was really happy to get the Kansas win and get locked in ahead of time. But no, we, I mean, this is what we've been doing every week, every week of the year is going to the racetrack, trying to win, um, you know, especially being the first race in this round that doesn't change our mentality. Our focus all year has been on trying to execute clean races. We've at least on the 45 side, finally gotten in a rhythm there of having that uh, happen the, the past few races. And that's what we need to do. We know if we can go there, qualify in the top 10, like we have been, uh, run up front and get some stage points that we're going to be sitting in a pretty good spot uh, as we head to Talladega. Um, and I think both cars should be. And you talk about the execution piece. And I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, I, I listen to the serious piece and Tyler does a weekly hit with Danielle and, and Larry Mack. And uh, a few weeks ago, he talked about learning when to race less than 101%. Like he, he grew up driving where you had to just give it all, all the time and he's figuring out where that is. Talk about how he's matured this year or, or was he already there when you got him? No, I think it's, it's been a great evolution. He has certainly matured. And, uh, you know, I think everything that we've struggled with this year with the execution side, we've just talked about it. We've all tried to make each other aware, whether that's from, from pit calls to the, the pit crew stuff to, his decision of when to go hard, to your point, um, every area has needed improvement at some point. And, uh, and I think that he admittedly has been guilty of trying too hard or not realizing that, hey, I just need to live the fight another day. And I think probably the most eye-opening situation <clears throat> was we had Michigan and Richmond back-to-back. -back. So Michigan was a pit crew deal where we had uh, the loose wheel that took us out of the lead in the last state, you know, the very last stint, um, they come off pit road with the lead mm -hmm. and he had to live one side of that, right? He was the victim of it. He did really good of helping build those guys up and helping understand where it went wrong. What was the thought process at that moment when the decision was made to, you know, to go forward with the stop or, or not. And, uh, that's, that's a tough spot to be in for those guys. And Tyler did good of, having some empathy, understanding that they were all at, all in trying to win the race, giving their all and not being conservative. And then the very next week to go to Richmond 
and have it kind of fall on his shoulders um, with coming down pit road at the very last stop and catching the commitment call and running second. You know, his focus at a point was he was going to go catch him. He was going to make up that second and a half, two seconds through the green flag cycle and get the lead and battle for the win. And, and when I think in retrospect, talking about it, when we realized that a caution came out later on and then enabled another cycle of pit stops, enabled them to line up side by side up front and have another shot at it. I think that's kind of in talking through all that stuff is when it kind of sunk in with them that, you know what, it's not always about winning right now. You got to look at the big picture. You don't always need a win as much as we'd all love to have it. We're not going to win every week. So knowing what the expectations are, knowing what the reality is, um, it's interesting the way Kansas played out to be the exact same case. So Darlington, he did a great job of all of them did the pit crew, him, everybody just keeping expectations in check of executing disappointing to come home second after that race. Uh, Nobody wanted to give up that win, but we all could look back and say, we understood the big picture. We all executed as a clean race and finished where we were running um, with a solid top five. And to go to Kansas the next week, He's running second along there with Denny. It looks like the race, I mean, we had all concluded, right? If it stays green, we're going to finish second. And he was not driving over his head, was keeping his real, you know, his thoughts realistic. And then the yellow did come out and we had a fresh life and a new shot at it. And that's where he could go get a, you know, get a new shot, put a hundred percent in, came out with the win. I think that kind of closed the loop for him to understand how, that patience pays off of how being there all day long puts you in position to capitalize on somebody else's uh, bad restart or misfortune on pit road or whatever. Um, and it was nice to, to kind of solidify that from that aspect to um, kind of full circle. Like I said, and we're in, now as we move forward, I think we'll all keep those uh, situations in mind and hopefully race smart. See what happens, that's for sure. Billy, I've got one real quick one. We're up against the time window here, but I do have one real okay. quick one. You're you're in the trenches. You're building race cars. You're trying to go to the racetrack. You've got the Jordan brand on the car. You've got reggae artists around. Michael is there. And he, it seems like Michael's there all the time now. What's this just what's this like trying to manage all of this race team and understanding in 2023 that's what it's about. Pitbull owns a team. We this is this is where we're at with it. What's it like managing a team with all of that attention on the team at times? Yeah, it's really neat just to sit back and watch. Um, yeah. you know, it does give us a chance. That's not they're not really involved in our side of it, right? They're not in the competition performance side. They come in and they ask questions, you know, MJ all the time has has questions trying to learn the sport. It is amazing how uh, how much passion he has for racing. Um, you know, would have never thought that before and didn't realize it until you're there we're living it with him that he is trying to learn it all. He, is, he really does watch every week um, with the intent of learning and understanding what we're doing. But yeah, to just get a step back in those moments before the race and when all of the driver intros are going on and the pictures and just to watch it all unfold it uh it does put an interesting perspective on it does show how our uh, sport is growing into mm-hmm. different markets becoming more of a national and global uh scale and it's it's just cool to see that uh the different um all the different perspectives and, and different personalities that are they're coming into it so it's uh it's fun fun that is that is a great way to describe it and that's a great way to end it here with you uh with billy we wish you the best here in the round of 12 we appreciate the time joining us here on crew call
All right, you're welcome. Thank you very much. There we go. Billy Scott joining us from 2311 Racing. Stay with us more in just a moment. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. Todd Gordon and Steve Poston. Boy, I'm telling you what, our time window with a guy like Billy Scott just flies because it's like every answer, I almost have six more questions to further dissect the answer. They're great, complete answers, but yet he gives just such great insight. Yeah. Yeah. Love, love talking to Billy. He's just so good. And so insightful, as you talked about. I had three more questions I could have asked, yeah. but uh, uh, glad to have the breakdown that you, you know, that whole piece of Tyler's evolution. That was amazing. That was like multiple weeks and, and here's the situations. I mean, it's just fascinating to, to hear. And that's the Billy I know. I worked with him back in 2010 yeah. at MWR. He's a, he's a meticulous, he's a detailed guy and uh, they're having a lot of success. And honestly, I didn't pick Tyler to go that far in here. I feel like they're building themselves into yeah. a, they're they're in a position they get through this round they're in a really good spot. Then yeah, yeah. This they get through this round. And, and that's the piece that we talked about. I mean the stress of this round. This is the one that you that you just it's like no man's land. Mm-hmm. The first one you just got a base hit. Just don't put yourself out. Right. And the guys that did that, they they moved on. Yeah. The third round you got to go that's that's you need to but start you got two intermediates. Right. You got with, Vegas with and Homestead. Yeah. I, for yeah. Billy, I'm thinking, I'm yeah. just hoping I make it through this one because I'm going to be yeah, good in that one. Good on that, yeah. So, you know, Talladega, Roval, we'll see where it all plays out. And Fascinant, it all kicks so. off this weekend at Texas. And this place is aged to the point, as Billy talked about, you can't, like, if they're not going to add more traction compound to it or right. resin or whatever it is, you're going to have to handle through three and four. And that's, that's going to be interesting to see how this plays out this weekend and how you can cycle yourself to track position. Another one of those tracks where we only go to once a year now, too. And we've cut it from 500 to 400 miles. That's right. So it's a, it's a little different makeup. The, the, the kind of race sequence that you went through last year with yeah, the 500. Yeah, right. With the 500. It's different right. now. So it, it'll be a great show this weekend. It really, truly is. Yeah. And to me, I almost, I find myself asking, and I call these dumb radio guy interviews. But it to me is like the intensity, like how, the, the question is, how important is Texas to win? When you back up Talladega and the Roval behind it, the, the intent is, is that with the uncertainty of the final two, does that draw extra attention onto Texas? These guys put all the detail into Texas, but you you got to think the guy that wins at Texas. Oh, yeah, going to be yes. if it is a playoff, one of the playoff twelve drivers that it's wins the, at Texas. It's the third most important race to win in the year. The third most important. Phoenix is first. Yep. The first one of Vegas. The, the Vegas. The Vegas first one is of the second, Dex, and then this one, and then this one. And, and I, I I put Vegas ahead of it because the guy that wins Vegas, and we saw this out of Joey Logano. That's last what they year. did. Yeah. One Vegas comes back and just puts the next two weeks. I, they've got three weeks of preparing for Phoenix. 
Right. The guys that, that guys thing. that don't that are still playoff eligible, they got to be working on what they're yeah. going to do when they get to Homestead. Be- because the, here's here's the reality: if one of these twelve teams wins this week at Texas, yes, they're going to Talladega, calm, cool, and collected, and the other eleven. And that's the piece here. The other this, this is the one that you, the rest yeah. of them are stressed out about that. And where the Roval goes? I mean, Roval. we've raced a Roval with wet conditions. Yep. That's a whole nother piece out there that we could. I mean, <laughs> oh, there's that. Winning this weekend alleviates stress. Winning this weekend, go win Texas, guys. Especially go. somebody like 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 Billy, who's. I mean, you look at that second round in Vegas, you feel really strong about. Yeah. And if you don't come through at Vegas, you feel really good about Homestead. Like, right. I, if yeah. he makes it through this weekend, he. He could put himself, they could be in good shape. They feel like they're really good coming forward. Man, what an exciting time it is. Um, Texas this weekend, our friends at the Performance Racing Network have all the covers of the NASCAR Xfinity Series and the NASCAR Cup Series. But we are not just sitting around, folks. We are going late model stock racing. A number of us from MRN, we're going uh, up to Martinsville Speedway. It's the Valley Star Credit Union 300. It's Saturday night, Martinsville Speedway. MRN has the coverage. You can find us on uh, some MRN affiliates going to do it or or online. You can find us as well. And uh, one of my favorite races of the weekend, to go up and cover the late model stock racers. It's a fascinating time with late model stock racing with all of the interest in the NASCAR National points and the cars tour with dale jr and kevin and that gang running it uh it's going to be a fascinating saturday night of racing in martinsville this is like the epitome of the of the martinsville late model stock it's just it's it is the race yeah of late model stock racing we we had a guy uh he's a multi-time national champion peyton sellers Mm -hmm. great racer absolutely phenomenal racers peyton sellers and this thing was the burr in the saddle. Boy, I mean, he'd go win a national championship. He'd go win South Boston championships. He'd win all the big races. He'd roll into Martinsville and leave there kicking the concrete. How did this one get away from us? He won it last year. And boy, what a celebration. What a scene. This one is, uh, this is the, the Daytona 500 moment for late model stock racing. Yeah, this, is a, this is a career-defining race. So yeah. Motor Racing Network will have it Saturday night. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Love awesome. it. Good times. Our airtime up there is 6.30. We appreciate Billy Scott joining us here on Crew Call, but more important than all of that, thank you for joining us this time here on MRN's Crew Call.